Welcome to episode 17 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring behavioral analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen are joined by three colleagues who are parents of teenagers. Angela and Kristen ask their guest questions to gain insights on the joys, wins, and challenges with this age group. You will hear their guests give personal insight on what has worked and has not worked in their parenting journey so far. Listen in while they discuss how to navigate the important, yet sometimes uncomfortable teenage years. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 17th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hi, Angie. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Good. How are you? I am doing okay. Kids are back to school. They are at school right now, out of the house. It's nice and quiet. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know what to do with yourself with all the silence. I know. (laughs) Yes. All right. We have some uh, fun guests today. Something a little different. We talked about it as a teaser in our last podcast. So we're excited to be joined by some of our colleagues and our friends, Carrie, Stacy, and Candy. So welcome ladies. Um, maybe you can take a second to introduce yourselves. Sure. Um, my name is Carrie. I am the mother of two twins, uh, who are 12 and 10. So excited to be here to, to hear what other experiences are, what's working for other parents and share kind of what our, uh, home life looks like right now in this fun age. Awesome. Hi, I'm Stacy, and I have a 17 year old rising senior. So Um, Our lives are pretty hectic and busy, and I'm happy to be talking about teenagers. (laughs) Awesome. Hi, my name is Candy. Um, I am a mom to four children, and uh, my teens are 16 um, and 18, and the 18-year-old just went off to college, and so that's kind of the big change that we're dealing with at our house. Woohoo! We've got tweens teens and young adults represented. So we got a good spread going today. Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like we have everyone supported. So, um, awesome. Well, what do you say? Should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So one of my, I guess when we were just kind of coming up with some questions for today, the one that's most pressing to me and one that I hear most often from parents of teens is how do you adjust your parenting when your child becomes a tween or teen? So really what changes are you making when your child kind of gets over that hump? Yeah. Hey, Kristen, it's Candy. So um, I'll go ahead and speak to this one first. Um, uh, This is a great question um, because certainly we learned as parents, my husband and I, that we had to change (laughs) some Mm -hmm. things as the kids got older. But Um, You know, one of the things that sticks out is as you're parenting teens, you'll notice that 
they sometimes have a hard time admitting when they're wrong and sometimes a difficult time apologizing. And so I started to realize that, you know, I was making some mistakes as a parent and some of my old parenting tricks and techniques weren't necessarily effective or, or working as well as they got older. And so I quickly learned that it required me to apologize and that that was the right thing to do. And sometimes that was a little bit humbling because as the parent, we're kind of used to just being the one that knows everything and sets the example. And, you know, I want to say does everything right, (laughs) but, um, but we don't do everything right. And, and especially as, you know, we're learning to adapt to these um, older kiddos. And so um, I, I learned that I needed to, just really own up to those mistakes that I made as a parent. Um, let my teen know that I got it wrong and that I was sorry and that I was going to try my best and and that I knew that you know I I don't always get it right. Um, but I, I just I found that quickly apologizing um, and acknowledging where I went wrong really um, sort of built a, a better rapport between me and my teens. Mm, that's so important. I love that you're modeling, you know, apologies and not just always expecting them to be the one to apologize, but yeah, that's, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a cue from your book, Candy, on that one. Um, This is Carrie. I'm in the the tween mode, right? So navigating the fact that they are becoming their own independent little people, even though they're still young um, and trusting in their decision-making, not always jumping in to try and fix things um, when they go wrong has been by far the biggest adjustment, Um, right? Because as parents, we we've had to have that level of control, uh, or at least I have felt like I've needed to, to protect them and direct them in the right direction. But as they're trending in that independence, I have to take that step back and be a spectator in certain situations and they're going to fail and that's okay. And I'm going to fail and trying to let go of some of that control in their situation. So taking a cue from you, I think apologies are going to become part of our regular dialogue here because it's certainly not for the faint of heart. We are learning as a family as we go in terms of what can they do on their own? What, what, where do we still need to be involved? And then, you know, trying to come up with a playbook and I'm doing air quotes, um, is not, um, (laughs) is not something that's really, you know, possible. We're, we're just navigating each situation as they come along and each one's differently. So, um, yeah, definitely trusting in them and taking a step back has been, the biggest learning curve so far for me. Yeah. I love that you mentioned having them take a little bit more control and maybe some ownership over some of their decisions. I feel like that's probably a really hard one for a lot of people. I know for me, um, of course my kids are little, so, so I've got some time (laughs) before (laughs) I I can kind of let go a little bit and and have them make some of those big decisions on their own. So I'm really glad, glad that you brought that up. Yes. Letting go is always the tough one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Kristen and I were talking about be, having young kids and being excited about this podcast, just so we can learn from, from you guys. And yes. <laughs> that actually spills nicely into the next question that we, we wanted to ask you ladies, which is, uh, you know, what has been the most positive or pleasantly surprising thing about raising a teenager and, and kind of what are you enjoying most? I think there's some stigma around, Ooh, the teenage years. And so not only 
other parents that we're working with are worried about this and wondering about this, but I'm, I myself, I'm wondering about this too. I know there's some good stuff in there. So yeah, I'd love to hear from, from you ladies. So this is Stacy, and I think one of the greatest things has just been the level of optimism and wonder and being able to watch him grow and navigate through a very different world than I'm used to. Um, And it's great to see that he continues to become his own person and make his way through social and academic situations. And he continues to ask questions and grow. And those setbacks um, aren't necessarily deterrents. And I like seeing that too. The resilience of, of this age is very important too. So it's, it's really been a pleasure actually. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Me too. Um, so good. Um, you know, you brought up a really good point there that I think might just be a completely different podcast, but how to navigate your teen in like today's world where you didn't grow up in that. So things like mm-hmm. social media and like TikTok, I, I don't even know how to use TikTok. So <laughs> I'm just, th- I was just had a side thought there like, man, I have so much to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll yeah. do a, a, a part two of this, right? I think so, <laughs> and they'll be sure to tell you what you don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know any of this. Yeah. No, true. Um, yeah, I think this is Carrie. Um, right now we're just at an age where I'm loving my daughter's ability to articulate herself in certain situations and advocate for herself um, and the conversations that are coming from that, she's becoming a little adult. Um, So whether it's, you know, watching her speak with another adult or a teacher or handling a different difficult situation with a friend or, you know, just making a sarcastic comment at just the right time um, to impart some humor in a difficult conversation. It's been really fun to see her come into her own. And I think probably, you know, as we have these milestones that we're unaware of kind of that come out of the blue, she's becoming her own person. Um, And so watching her navigate that has been really, really fun. Um, I really enjoy it. So not all bad news, right? With the the team. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like the theme that I am getting from both you, Stacey and, and Carrie is just how fun it is to watch them grow up to kind of observe and and watch them learn. And, you know, I guess that there's some similarities to the young kids too. So it's not all, you know, downhill from here, I guess you could say. (laughs) For the most part. (laughs) Yeah. So that actually, I I think tees us up nicely for the next one. So speaking of independence and kind of growing um, the next question that we want to ask you ladies what has helped you determine when to pull back or really promote more independence? So when do you kind of, again, I guess, let go of the rope a little bit? So I love this question. And I think it's a really big question when it comes to uh, teenagers in general. And for me, we just look at how my son handles the freedom that he has and be able to take it from there and have constant conversations where I have to change my mindset on this and I'm really working on it is not doing things for him because I'm being nice and 
things, especially that he's capable of doing because I'm robbing him of the opportunity to actually do those things. And that has been a big shift that I've had to make. And probably the hardest part of parenting a teen is that letting go Mm -hmm. and allowing him to start to, you know, make decisions or if he doesn't get up on time, it's on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm in the next room. It's still on him. So definitely taking his lead with independence and what he can handle. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I try to, I I think that I'm getting towards that point too. Just this morning, my daughter got up late and I really wanted to be like, oh, well, you don't have to go to school without eating breakfast. But I don't know. I think we're not (laughs) there yet, but I'm definitely trending in that direction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. just quickly, this is Candy, you know, on that topic of getting up, I think that's a big one because I've gone through that issue with all my teens. And it's funny because that ability to get yourself up on time has really kind of become a strong indicator in our household of, you know, how mature are they? How do they handle mm-hmm. responsibility? Um, and, and it really shows, you know, that they're learning that, you know, sometimes you have responsibilities and you've got to respect that alarm. And when it goes off, it's time to get up. And when we see them being able to sort of respect that boundary and and meet their obligations on time, that Mm -hmm. has kind of been an indicator to us as well that, you know what, perhaps they are ready for, you know, a little more independence, a little more freedom or some additional privileges. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's such a good point. And it makes me think of kind of the other piece of that um, going to bed on time. (laughs) I think about this because I actually had a parent call uh, two hours before this. And um, we were talking about the teen was staying up until midnight. And it was like, oh, no, you know, he's staying up till midnight. How can I get him to go to bed a little bit sooner so that he can wake up? So, I mean, total sidebar there. (laughs) But it makes me think about that, that we have to also work with them to get themselves on a good bedtime routine routine and creating mm-hmm. those healthy habits. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is awesome. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I just have to say, I'm so excited by already hearing everything that you have to say. And I can't, I can't wait to hear some of your answers for these next ones too, ladies. So next question is how have you been, you know, how have you supported your child through things like failure or I don't know, bullying, social rejection, just anything related to social upset, like basically when things start to get hard, how are you supporting your child through those things or teen, I should say? Yeah. Um, you know, this one is, is, um, a great question. Like all of them have been, but this one in our house is important because I think every parent wants their kids to realize that life is not always easy. Right. And that there's always going to be challenges or someone who's not particularly nice to you, or you're not going to get every job you apply for or whatever, you know, the case is. And so, um, these hard times are important, but, you know, for me, um, one of the things that I've done with my kids when they do have a failure or a really hard time, or is I just talk about I have to reach back way back in history to when I was a kid or teen, but I talk about my own experiences um, because although life is so different for them now with, you know, social media and technology, I mean, really it's the same in the sense that we were all, you know, not treated kindly or we failed or we didn't make the team or whatever it was. So I think about, you know, when those things happen to me and I share with them 
um, of how I felt, how I dealt with it, just what happened to me. I share the details about what happened to me, if it's appropriate, um, and just really kind of normalize, like, you know, you're not the only one. This is happening to all of us. <laughs> so uh, I want to make them feel that they're not alone in those struggles. Um, talk about how we can survive it gracefully. Um, you know, just talk about the bigger picture, right? Like life is a big timeline. And this mm -hmm. thing that's happening right now, it may feel really bad. Maybe you're embarrassed, um, you know, whatever that is, but this is just a speck, a tiny little speck on a big lifeline um, or timeline of life, I should say. And so it's going to soon pass and, and be really insignificant. And, you know, the thing to remember is that you're not alone in this and that all of your peers are also experiencing these same kind of struggles. Um, and then of course, you know, the golden rule, right? Um, you know, make sure that that you take this experience and, and let it kind of remind you of how you wanna treat other people. Uh, um, that golden rule of, you know, treating folks uh, the way we wanna be treated. So um, yeah, I mean, it. I think just sharing my experiences and, and really normalizing it and showing them that, hey, everything turned out okay for me, you know, I got past that um, has really been helpful. Yeah. So I, I really love that. I feel like you brought up so many great points just in that tiny little bit that you were talking. Um, and one of those is that, of course, you know, point out that you're human too. And maybe you have experienced these things and you were a teen once. And something else that I heard through there is to, um, make sure that you're saying, Hey, look, this is only a small part of your, of your lifetime, you know, of the overall time, this is only something so small. And I feel like that's probably the hardest to get across to a teen. Like, Hey, it's not that big of a deal, you know, and your teen's probably like, it's a huge deal, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like if you can slowly help them understand that, Hey, remember this thing that happened maybe a month ago and it wasn't, but now it's not a big deal or, you know, and you don't have to use those words, but I love that idea of trying to help them understand that this is a small piece of, of really the huge picture. Yeah. yeah. And this is Carrie. I couldn't agree more with the small piece in terms of the larger picture, right? You trying to get them to focus on other aspects of what's going on and what's going well, if they're having a moment of hardship, I think is really important. Candy, one thing that you said that I find so fascinating is that sharing your experiences at, at that age, um, resonates well with your children. It does not with mine. It almost like diminishes the fact that they're experiencing something. So I've had to learn again through trial and error, which seems to be the name of the game right now that, um, their feelings are their feelings. And I can acknowledge that, oh my gosh, that must be so hard. Right. And let them kind of sit in it and feel it and not fix it or say, oh, I went through that and it ended up being okay, um, has really made a difference in terms of allowing for open communication where they don't just shut down. Um, I find that if I just acknowledge that it, it must be hard and let's talk about that a little bit more, they'll share a bit more. Um, I think that's the really tricky part right now is when will they open up and when will they not? Um, and trying to make sure that I let them know that I'm here for no matter where they are, if they want to talk about it at the moment, great. And if they don't, okay. Um, and then kind of, again, that letting go of it so that when they do feel comfortable talking, they will come and talk to me. I'm so guilty of kind of being in their face all the time with, how are you feeling? 
are you feeling okay? What's going on? And they'll kind of <laughs> give me the Heisman to say, Hey, stop enough. <laughs> um, take a step back. I'll be fine. And I'll come to you. Um, but I think also one of the things you said, Candy is working with them to understand that even though this is such a hard feeling that you're having right now, that it's helping you build those building blocks towards resilience because life's not always going to be easy and there's going to be trying times. And so get showing them through their own experiences that, yeah, that was really hard, but you worked through that. Look where you are on the other side of it. I think hopefully sets them up with that confidence for later on in life. Yeah, I love that. that. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what you both are describing is kind of this mentorship approach in a way, you know, and helping them see their resiliency. And I, I think it's great too, to hear that we have two moms who have different approaches, but, and, and highlight the fact that every kid is going to be different and, and respond to things in different ways. So it's, it's great to see and kind of hear different perspectives on that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's so important to, to understand that, yeah, no two kids are alike. And even when you have more than one child, your two children may be complete opposites, <laughs> which I hear all the time. So I think one thing to always keep in mind too, is maybe one parenting strategy that works for one teen in your house might not even work for the other teen. So something to so keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> And I think even the dynamics of whether you, whether your child has siblings or not, like my child's an only child. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a hybrid of both of these. And it really (laughs) depends on where he is in the situation as to whether he wants to hear any of my perspective or if he just wants to be left alone and, and to work through it and then report back or just vent. So you're very right that every, every child is a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every situation is different. You know, I guess there's no playbook and they always say there's no playbook to parenting. <laughs> there's no playbook for teens either. Um, great. So let's dive into the next question. And this one, this one, I, I, I actually get asked this a lot um, just in working with parents. They ask me to help them find things that motivate their teen. Um, and I think when it comes to teens, there might be some difficulty in finding motivation. It might be easier for our little ones. Hey, here's a sticker. Here's a cookie. Um, but when we get to teens, it's a little bit more difficult. So I'll just ask you three, what motivates your teen? What have you found works? So... Definitely having independence and freedom is a huge thing uh, for my son. He likes to go out and drive and be with his friends and and be able Mm -hmm. to do all of those things. However, when I asked him what motivated him, he said um, praise from his parents. So I got that totally wrong and I wanted to share that. So (laughs) I'm totally wrong. And that's this moment. So <laughs> you ask him in 10 minutes, it will probably be different. Maybe something different. <laughs> That's interesting, Stacey, because I, I, I know that when they're little praise is a huge motivator. Right. And I think sometimes as my kids have gotten older, I've sort of assumed that praise didn't matter as much to them, but I, I can see in times where I was wrong and it really, it really is still kind of a motivator. Um, But so, you know, my, I think answers would be, you know, what motivates my team, um, driving the privilege to drive and money. 
Um, which I think money just, again, kind of goes into that freedom thing, because I know Mm -hmm. that they've, they all really have enjoyed that ability to make their own purchasing decisions and, and, you know, things like that. So what I see is a lot of, you know, the ability to drive and, and money. Um, But again, just piggybacking on Stacey and and her son, I, I do think that um, my teens wouldn't admit it, but I do think they probably still really enjoy kind of that praise. Yeah, with tweens, I would say uh, right now, and again, it all ties together. I'm loving the independence theme that we're all coming up with, but where they are in their different stages and what that actual independent motivator is. For mine, it's access to social media sites, right? We still have a pretty tight gatekeeper approach to that. Um, but to Joe Kristen about TikTok, that's one that, you know, has been where we've given an inch and if they've taken a mile, we've had to pull back, um, on that. And so we monitor it from our own accounts. Not that I know what I'm doing on it at all, but it's more just for watching, um, than monitoring, um, but definitely access to media sites. But I still think the praise is there for sure. Um, and, and I also think money, they want to be able to buy things and whether that's in a gift card form or cash form, um, or to get them to do their chores or whatever money and, and social media seems to be the, the two, uh, barometers as of today. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's good to just kind of take a step back and think about what motivates them. So really maybe for our listeners, you know, take a step back and think about it. But as Stacy said, maybe ask your teen. I think the best way to sometimes figure out what their biggest motivator is, is just go ahead and ask them. And yeah. I think that goes into our, just our talk about independence, ask them, Hey, what, what works for you? What would you mm-hmm. like to, to get out of this? Yeah. It's, it's kind of neat to see the differences across different teens and tweens mm-hmm. and just hearing the variety that the three of you mothers have come up with. Um, And, you know, and also to hear that praise is something that still is high up on the list, which is kind of encouraging, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, I can't believe it, but I think we're actually down to our last question already. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) This has flown by. So we were wondering if you could go back and give yourself some advice based on what you've learned over the last several years, being a parent of a a teenager or a tween, what would it be? Yeah. So I have to pick one. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or a couple. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's certainly many, um, but one that just is overarching and really sticks out. And I think, and I hope could help some other parents is, you know, when they grow up, um, they don't sort of initiate the hugs anymore. And, you know, like they did when they were little. And so, um, for me, I started to, you know, pull back a little bit on my physical affection, hugs and, you know, things like that. And, you know, arm around the shoulder, you know, whatever pats on the back. Um, And even sometimes, you know, teens can be very cold sometimes, you know, and it's a hard time in life. I wouldn't want to go back to being a teen. And and so for me, I even as much felt a little bit rejected, you know, when I was giving physical affection to my teen um, because I just thought, oh, they don't, they don't like this. They don't want this anymore. (laughs) And so I really pulled back on, on giving that physical affection. Um, But I believe at least with my children that I was wrong. I think that um, they, they did still need it and they did still like it, although they would not admit that I'm sure, but I, I, I believe that they did. And, um, 
you know, now that one of them is actually a little bit older being 18, I, she has shared that with me that, yeah, yeah, that still feels good. It still feels good for a mom to walk up and just give me a hug, unsolicited hug, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I regret that. I wish I had really kind of kept up that physical affection a little bit. I love the unsolicited hug. I think all moms yeah. can, like feel that as you're saying it, Candy. Um, you know, whether they're little or big, um, but yeah. certainly they're starting to dwindle as they get older. Um, I think for me, what I'm continuously learning on a day-to-day basis is that controlling every situation, just, it's not an option. Um, and that they're learning as they go. And I have to let go of that need to be there. Um, it's just this intrinsic need to be there and involved and to help um, so that they can succeed and that they can have that confidence in their abilities. But I think also that they can have that trust in our relationship that, right, we're always there if they need us, but that we trust them enough to make their own decisions and and rise and fall with those, um, but that will be there. Um, that's been really, really difficult. And, and I think a theme as I'm listening to kind of the words that are coming out of my mouth today, like that, just letting go of, of the control that has always had to be there, um, is definitely what I'm continuing to evolve in. Carrie, I have a follow-up question to that. So I'm wondering, was that a gradual process or did you just decide, you know what, I got to one day it's just, I got to cut the cord. I got to let it go. But that's, I, some, I can anticipate that being hard for me too. And I'm wondering yeah. what the process was. <laughs> um, it's, it's an evolving <laughs> process. Um, I would say um, it, it definitely has been evolving. Um, and I think as they've gotten to be a little bit older and they've, they've kind of put some of those, um, awareness moments, like they've held the mirror up, right. To say, Hey, I'm okay. I, we don't need to talk about that. Or, um, I've got this, it's not a big deal. Um, where I've kind of had to say, Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're dealing with this. They're handling it. Um, take the step back, let them do it. And I've watched them do it successfully. And, and I think it's been an evolving, um, process for me. Um, certainly not perfection. Um, but, but I'm definitely more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that goes back to one of Stacy's answers earlier and how do you decide independence? I think here, you know, you're accepting that you can't control everything. You can't fix everything and letting your child kind of lead the way. Um, it sounds like that's what you're saying. And I, I find like, that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that's an easier said than done. Although mm-hmm. I do want to put that post-it like in front of me every day. So I can remember that I committed to this. Um, I want to echo everyone else's sentiment. How much time do you have to to share things maybe you would do differently? But for me, it's definitely making sure that the communication style works for everyone and understanding that my son doesn't sit down and talk the way I do, that he uses, you know, FaceTime and Snapchat and text. And so I've had to adapt to that too and to be able to communicate it in a way that's meaningful to him and be able to speak his language. Um, And along the lines of what we've been talking about, the biggest thing is to accept that I'm not going to know everything in his life anymore. Um, But with that established communication and hopefully the relationship that we've built he will come to me for the big things 
And so I've just got to accept that the little things, I probably, I'm just not going to know the way I did when he was little, but I, you know, it's, it's a process and it's the way life goes. So um, just being there for the big things and letting him know that, that we are here to support him and, you know, to guide him or mentor him, which I like that Mm -hmm. one too. I love how you said that, Stacey. I think that's probably one of my biggest takeaways is trust in the relationship that you built with your child and that it's worth the effort and the the work to really, I guess, foster that relationship because then that can make you maybe feel a little bit more at ease when, when they do go off and you, I don't know, maybe have a little more confidence that when something big happens or something important or scary that they will, you know, hopefully come back to you <laughs> and get your advice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think you guys all made really great points. It's, it's like going back and thinking, okay, I set this up nicely. You know, I know that my child is equipped Mm -hmm. to handle some of these situations so you can fall back and, and know that you're, maybe you aren't going to know everything that happens, but you can trust that they made the right decisions. And then they can come back and tell you about all those great decisions they made. (laughs) That's a really what I'm going through right now with having my daughter just go off to college, which could be another podcast in itself, but Uh yeah, Mm -hmm. just, you know, she's gone, she's not in this house. And so we just have to trust that she's, you know, going back to her values and her morals and the things that we taught her and the relationship we built. And, um, I am starting to notice little check-ins, you know, uh, from time to time where she has something more significant to share. So yeah, that's, yep totally relate to that. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Um, well, I, I think that'll do it. Does anybody have anything last minute words they want to (laughs) say? This was again, as we kicked off and I said, I was mom of tweens. I've learned so much (laughs) both from everyone on this call of kind of what to expect. And again, that it's, you take the good with the bad, um, and that, uh, there's hope. So thank you ladies. (laughs) I I agree with that too. Yeah. Yep. There is a lot of fun. It's not all bad. There is a lot of fun and they're, they're really fun people to be around and learn from. So good. Yeah. This has been a really, really great conversation. I've learned a lot. Obviously I don't have any teens yet, but I feel like I'm more equipped to raise them when they are until something new comes up like TikTok too or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just do a quick summary just of our discussion. Um, just, I, I think some of the, maybe the things that we've turned, uh, we've talked about and, and learned today. Um, I think one of the biggest things that, that I've learned, um, is that you're not going to be able to make all of those big decisions anymore. <laughs> um, I think that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, definitely me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you kind of have to take that step back and let them guide you when it comes to things like independence or their communication style or how they want you to support them or when to support them. And I, I think I heard a little bit that we've got to learn to let go of that rope and, and maybe take, let them learn some of those hard lessons and you can't jump in and fix it right away, which is something that I think we just are used to doing. We've got to pull back a little bit um, and then you'll be there to support them whenever, whenever they want you to and whatever they want that to look like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much to Carrie and Stacy and Candy. We really have enjoyed this conversation. 
Thank you for joining us on our 17th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Our next episode will actually be in November because next month, Kristen will be hosting a webinar on this important topic called executive functioning. So you can register from your uh, Rethink account today or go to go.rethinkfirst.com forward slash webinars. Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day 